Action Squares, it's time to smoke. Fire up this funk and let's have a toe. It'll make you dance with some of everything. Darkness is spreading. <laughs> yeah. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me in the co-host and producer chair today, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey. Very special guest with us in studio today, comedian David Brooks. What's up, you guys? Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome yeah. to the program. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, the intro. We did a very... <laughs> we did, yeah, Rick James. Uh, have you ever seen Rick James in concert before? No, I've never <laughs> seen Rick James. R.I.P., but I've never seen Rick. I remember like having this idea of what Rick James looked like my whole life, and then when the Chappelle show came on and they showed what Rick James looked like at that time, I was like, "That's not Rick James." Is he looked it? bad. He looked down bad. It was. It was bad. It was a. It was a great sketch, but he looked. It was. He looked. At it. Cocaine took a drug. It took a toll on him. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. It was wild. Um, you came to us on a on a very special day. I've been wanting to do this, so we did a hillbilly brunch before. And I wanted to do the uh, the ratchet version of the hillbilly brunch. I wanted to do the uh, hood rat brunch, and I was like, you know what? It takes it takes a special. I'm not calling you a hood rat by any means, but I'm calling you a person that would appreciate it. I feel like I didn't want to do it with uh, Peter Hines. Not with Peter no, Hines. Peter. <laughs> That's can't, what you said. Can't that, that. You can't do that with Gwen. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that with Joe Bates. Yeah. Actually, I feel like Gwen would probably get down on it. Gwen would get down on it. Katie would educate you about, like, why. Yeah, why you can't ginger for the food. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so uh, I I made the mistake of I made, trying to avoid the mistake of forgetting all the food I made. We'll just dive right in uh, before we forget. So the first course was the lemon pepper wet Man. with the adult freeze cup. Man, that was juicy. Yeah, that's, that's my that's my take on it. it. Was super juicy. Like I I bought in it. I bought I I bit into it. and It was just like juice was flying out everywhere. Very succulent. That so like that and that's not even a hood rat thing. That's just more of an Atlanta thing. But I wanted an excuse to make it, so I put it on this menu. But the lemon pepper wet for those of you who don't know is just uh, lemon pepper seasoning and butter that they toss their wings in, and it's huge in Atlanta. Oh And yeah. they have like two or three different places where you can go and they they all have like slight different tweaks on them like some have a a little bit of bar- buffalo sauce in with it a little bit and of mild like just a little bit of different sauces that was good yeah like, that was that was my favorite one actually yeah 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 and it was actually like the first thing i learned how to make in home ec. so lemon pepper was the first thing they taught so it brought back memories i just Le- think of rick ross or yeah. lemon pepper <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just think of rick ross and then the uh the adult for the freeze cup from the from the Gucci Mane song. So I was Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> that. So the the regular freeze cup is basically just an Italian lemon ice. Uh 
So I just made the adult version, which was uh, Tito's vodka and limoncello and a little bit of simple syrup. Uh, also taught that how to make simple syrup this morning before you came over. Yeah, they weren't teaching that in home ec. They weren't. You know how to make simple syrup? <clears throat> that didn't, wasn't, he had never done it before. So. Oh, that is, okay, you did yeah. it, you did it. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. Dyke didn't, I was like, I thought Dyke knew how to make pretty much anything <laughs> with a drink. No, no, I, I, it's basically just sugar and water. I just... It's a lot easier than you think. It's very simple. And I was like, oh, this is why they call it simple service. It's, uh, yeah, it's what they fill up like hummingbird feeders with. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, that's why they're just twerking all the time. Hey. The hummingbirds are twerking. They're twerking hummingbirds. They're high on that shit. <laughs> and then uh, the bu- buffalo, buffalo scrimps and grits. Uh, my other co-host, Chris King, gets like, there's like, for some reason, if I make poutine too often, or shrimp and grits too often. He he doesn't like it. So I never am mad though when you make that. They're so good. I could eat shrimp and grits every week. I never had shrimp and grits where it was. Did you deep fry that? Mm-hmm. I never had it with deep fry. I usually eat it, the Caucasian version. Where yeah, it's just like raw shrimp. I wanted I wanted to do a and gross grits like uh pop like buffalo popcorn kind of oh, yeah. shrimp. Yeah, what'd you put over the shrimp? Oh, it was our heart of brunch hot sauce. Okay, well, what was the crunch? Was it was it. Wrap snacks? Was, oh, no, no, it was just uh, panko crumbs. I was like, you wrap snacks to shrimp? That's, yeah, that's uh, rat. Well, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> well, I guess we're there. Uh, the next, the next. <laughs> Thad jumped the gun. He gave away the secret, <laughs> the secret ingredient. The, the chicken and waffles was made. Uh, the chicken was, was uh, breaded with Cardi B wrap snacks. <laughs> and, uh, and then a cornbread waffle. Uh, now I gotta I gotta admit I made a mistake. So I was gonna just drip. I was gonna I had this honeycomb, and I wanted to like drip some honey over it, you know, make it a little sweet. And uh, I put it in the microwave uh, for like thirty seconds. I didn't know that honeycombs melt because they're just made out of wax. So there was <laughs> if there was a waxy taste to the chicken and waffles is because there was melted honeycomb in that in that honey. Okay, thank no, you. I, I, I couldn't. I mean, I can't tell shit with that. It Putting wax on waffles. Yeah, what is going on? Uh, yeah, I learned something new. What today. is happening today? <laughs> the wa- the wax. <clears throat> I didn't know that you had to. Uh, that you did all that with the honeycomb. I thought it was just. Just uh, I, I thought you just made slave waffles, and that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. Uh, and then, I don't know if I want to call it a course. I just wanted to make it to. To try it, but we all took a bite out of it, which was the the prison slam, uh, aka prison burrito. Depending on. Oh wait, you didn't talk about the. Did you talk about the chicken already? What you breaded the chicken in? You said that right? The yeah, the Cardi B wrap snacks. But what was that flavor? What was her flavor? Because they all have different flavors. Oh, what was what was her flavor? Um, well, it wasn't barbecue, was it? Yeah, it had like a. It had a good flavor. I don't want to skip over the details of what okay. you cooked. Was it smoked? Cardi B's. Because had you not told me, I wouldn't even known it was regular chicken. Uh, just r- red hot. R- they were just like red hot chips. And the scorpion honey I used was pretty good. Was that fire? That was so good. I put too much on it and like said not to, and I still fucking did it. Oh, that's a shout out to Sarah Murrell. Uh, that's her scorpion honey. Uh, she makes that locally. She started that since she started that business since we have done the podcast and just started it like small batch. And now she just keeps like selling out, selling out, going to farmers markets. And Beautiful to see. Like made, job, tur- turned it into her full time job. Yeah, it's it's been interesting in COVID how many people have like shifted gears. 
Oh yeah. Started doing new stuff and um, some people who have like completely just like I'm gonna do this now. A lot of people have turned in like leaned into food. I leaned out of food right before COVID. Yeah. Uh, but you know it's that ingenuity. Uh, which speaking of ingenuity, David Brooks. There you go. Uh, I I you know some call you the the hardest working the hardest working man in Indianapolis comedy scene. Yeah. But you had Sick. probably one of the most. Uh, Smart angles on doing. St- when when did, when did you start doing stand up comedy? I started at the <clears throat> I started at the end of 2016. Yeah, I started doing so like October November 2016. One of my first open mics was at Shoe Fly Halloween show. Now, had you ran afoul of the law prior or, or after that? Well, no, I didn't get in trouble uh, till March of 2017. Okay, so you've been doing open mics for about a year. No, it was less than a year. I started in October, November, March. It was a little bit, like okay. seven, eight months, I guess. And then, and then, and then got raided at my house. Then got in trouble. And then I took the. I mean, since COVID, you had everyone take a break last year from March to July, but that was the longest time I got locked up. And I think from was that March, I got out of jail and I did some open mics, and then didn't do one for like a month when I got on house arrest. But yeah, I got in trouble like March. But I'd done stand, I'd done open mics. I'd gone to shows. I'd met people. They'd seen me. Mm-hmm. They didn't know me, but they had seen me. For sure, had seen me at all the shows. But then you did something really smart, which is you said that your profession was. Yeah, I said stand up comedian. Yeah, because when I got put on house shows, you can't leave the house unless you're doing like work. And I just just said that this was my job. Uh, this is my job. I had to. I had to bank on maybe being good at it because then you have to start getting <laughs> paid at it. And I just said I was. Uh, that was my job. And then I would go to open mics and you know shoe fly and any Casbah or crackers or the d- d- red flag had a um, mic at the dugout and I would do these mics and and say I was getting paid and pay myself and stuff. But that it's so smart because like that's twofold. It's like one. You got to get out of the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is huge. Yeah. And then two, it, like you said, it really does make you like work for it. Be like, oh, I got it. This can't, I, I can't, I can't fuck around. Yeah. Here. My social setting and work setting is basically in one, right? Everyone gets to go do the shows and then they can go hang out after the show. And there was like, not that I had to hang out at the venue and every, like people say comics hang out all the time, which they do at the show. But a lot of people's favorite parts of, Comedy is the hang afterwards, mm-hmm. and they go somewhere else. So if mm-hmm. I'm at Casbah, and they're like, "Well, we're going to go to so and so's house," I, I can't go there. Like I didn't do any of those sink and ship hangouts because I couldn't leave wherever the venue was to go do that. So I had to like enjoy the hang there, enjoy yeah. the comics there, and work there, and all make it one, which is it's it's fine, and it was great, and it helped me. But it also gets to be tiring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you're missing out on stuff. And now Nate Nate Robinson was saying that he. He put you on to that. He's like, you know what you got to do? You got to start. Is he the one that like gave you the like put that in your ear? He was just like, don't basically basically Nate was like, just don't. There's a way to get around this and do what you got to do. Just stay out of trouble. Right. Just keep doing what you're doing. But like find a way to get to these mics and then just work at it because you're here all the time. And that was my only time to get out of the house was to do open mics. And like yeah. anyone's been open mics like it, it seems like it's a sad thing. But then you find uh, goals and focus. And Nate was saying you did that. You found a way where you're like, I want to get good at this, even though I'm out of the house for this. Like, it would have been nice to get out of the house and go 
see all these restaurants and go to all these places as in, indies growing, but like our minds is like wherever stand up was at. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first started, I was definitely definitely in into it as a hobbyist, you know, like yeah. I I at the time when I was started, I still thought I was going to be a restaurateur. I still thought I was going to be doing all this stuff. And uh yeah, I remember being and I was like, "Man, why is this guy so serious about comedy?" Like it's like if like I, I think I heard you say something one time along the lines like I don't understand why these people are just playing around like yeah if you're not if you're not here like to do it then like get out of the way yeah because I was like man. this guy's serious like this <laughs> yeah. guy's not like, like I've never met somebody that was more serious about <laughs> because I was just comedy there. I yeah. felt, I tell people I was like I felt like I was there and it's not anyone else's fault they have the luxury to fuck around mm-hmm. and my luxury to fuck around is is slim to none because I'm getting out of the house to do this. Mic in a basement where the water's dripping. Yeah, for five minutes, my whole day is revolving around this five minutes. Will it work? And then out of that five minutes, as we know, like fucking two of it'll work, mm-hmm. three of it'll work. Well, I, 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 there is a, there is also a switch over. Like once I decided, like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. This is gonna be my focus. Like there is a, like Darth Vader switch over. You know, like you get dipped in the in the whatever and then yeah. come out. Yep. And you're just like, oh, like, this is the focus now. This is. Yeah. And like, even now, it's like, I, I, I've i talked to, I think Joe Bates has said stuff about this. Or I've talked to other comedians where like, almost like, I have to get over the fact that it bothers me that other people aren't taking it seriously, you know? And like, yeah. because it's like, I'd never thought about it until I started taking it seriously. And then I would see someone that like, you know, did a mic every six months or they're just like, and I'm like, what? Like, did you quit comedy or you still do it? What are we doing? Like, oh, I just do it every now and then. I'm like, why? Oh, that's right. But there, that is an option. Like some people you can. I think I just, I used to, I used to get upset. I only get upset when people do it every once in a while, but they want the same results that I'm doing. Mm. So you can't yield the results I'm getting if you're not doing the work. Yeah. And people do that. Like when comments get off stage and they don't do well at a show and they only booked once a month and they go to no mics. Like I didn't do that well. And I was like, well, why the fuck do you think you would do well? Yeah. You have yeah. not rehearsed anything. You haven't been anywhere. You haven't yeah. done anything. Like you're doing this because if you want to do it as a hobby, that's fine. But you don't get to say, like I was like, oh, you get booked on the, you're on the road a lot, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that's a product of me eating it at mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I don't eat it at mics, like it's just a dime a dozen. And then you can do it as a hobby. I don't. I think you can do that. If that's what you want. I would never because this is like too fucking hard. Yeah, it's too depressing for me to go to a mic and just tell jokes <laughs> and then eat it and be like, "Well, this is my this is my escape." Like that's not that's there's way more fun shit to do than stand up as an escape. But that's just me though. Like some people like generally like popping their head in. Yeah, and doing it. I just don't want you to. I think comedy is the only thing where you can, like, anyone can do it, right? So they can go do it and have fun and all that. But, like, to be a plastic surgeon, like, you don't get to pop in and do, like, one surgery a month. <laughs> like, well, I'm going to do this 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 breast implant. Like, I can't, you can't, yeah, yeah I, you can't pop in. Those doctors are doing surgeries all the time and studying. So it's like, you you know, you you and, and being a bartender and cook and all that. Like, you, how can I expect to have the food that you cook? Yeah. And I'm only used to making ramen noodles. Like why the why I gotta burn some shit, cut my hand, all this. Like I gotta, and that's the only part I get frustrated with. Where I'm like, it's okay that they do it as a hobby. That's cool, but don't. You can't want this podcast and then you're fucking not doing podcasts. Well, and the, yeah, I mean, and that's I, yeah, I guess that's the thing too. It's like, uh, 
I mean, we podcast so much that like, like we complain about it. Like now, like <laughs> sometimes we're just like, "Hey, man, you know we gotta get this thing done." Like, like some days we're not feeling it, and I'm like, "No, I gotta, I gotta put it out." I'll do it because like the second it's it's not consistent, it's it's not a thing anymore. You know, like and you get hooked to it. You get hooked to doing it. You guys like doing this. Your setup's nice, like you were saying before, coming from the phone, doing all this, like. It's a nice thing. I mean, everyone sees, I know people don't like him, but everyone sees Joe Rogan, how his podcast started off when he first started, much differently than how it is now, how nice sure. it looks yeah, and how yeah, cool yeah. it is, how people want to yeah. go there. They want to go hang out. You can imagine when they, like, when they first started, it was just like after, like in, like in the back of the green room or like and people are like, what are you, are you recording a conversation? Yeah, like, why are you doing weird? that? And then now they're like, oh. We, let's get a podcast. Let's get endorsed yeah. because he has a half a billion dollar fucking deal. Like I just think you can do anything you want. I'm mm-hmm. very, I'm, I'm very consistent on you can do anything you want, but there has to be a certain amount of work that goes into it. Yeah. Well, that I, go ahead. I was just, I didn't plan to do podcasting at all. <laughs> like I moved in with Dyke. And the the first day, like I was like, all right, this this is my first day spending the night here because I'm moving during the pandemic. Yeah, and then he has this lady sitting there at the chair. He didn't tell me that she's going to be there. It's Bridget Haran. Shout out to Bridget. And then he's like, hey, sit down, and like we just start talking on the mic, and we just start calling people. And in the pandemic, it wasn't serious, so I was like, no one's listening. So you learned how to be yourself on the podcast. Yeah. And then, like, when it started, like, shit started getting more serious, when we just started, like, okay, now we can have people over for Harder Brunch. Now the quarantine's lifted. And then we start having people, and we just keep doing this. Like, now this is, like, more natural because I wasn't thinking about everybody else when I started. No, you start things, uh, I think if you start things organically, I don't know if that's a word. That's what it was. Yeah, it's definitely a word. word. Okay. When you start like that. Shout out to vegans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You do it, or when you do it, because you love to do it, uh, I think it comes off as more genuine. I see that with comics. They're like, oh, I want to do it because it looks cool to do it. And it's like, I mean, I always tell people, like, oh, you love comedy house comedy. I'm like, it's good when it goes well. Yeah. <laughs> it's good when it goes well. It's, it's the most fun you'll ever have. I like when it goes bad. I can figure it out. But, like, you got to start things organically. You start in the podcast, drunk down, like, you just wanted to do it. You didn't have this expectation. Just I need a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. Yeah. Look at Mark Marin has. That's not what you went into it. They did not go into it for money. I don't think that fucking Joe Rogan went into it being like, no. I'm gonna get a big deal one day. He was right. like, I want to talk to my friends. That's that's yeah. that's the other side of the coin. I said like sometimes we complain about it, but I like when I say we complain about it, it's because like I, we're we have three. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, y'all and, do. And What's we're, the third one? What's the and, third one? Uh, we do an after of this one. An after podcast. And then I have one that's inter- intermission, which is IDK. So I guess that's four. Four. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, but, uh, but th- yeah. So the real thing is we, we do kind of like play around, complain about it. But like I've gone, like, I mean, like this, I like, I go out of my way to like make sure that this is like a, a welcoming environment, like, yeah. like hang out, shoot the shit. We've had a lot of conversations before we even come in the studio here. But, like, I've gone to do people's podcasts where I can tell from the moment I walk in that they don't want to be there. They don't want me to be there. They just want to. I don't know what they want to do. No. They're like, we have to get this done for some reason. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to do a podcast. Like, no one has to do a podcast. Usually if someone has an agent that has booked a <laughs> podcast for this, it's usually not through them. And then they don't enjoy it as much. That's so that weird. happened one time. We, we, had a, we had a guy come over. <laughs> I'll say his name. I'll say it because he was he was fine. But once it happened, but it was the 
the lobster truck the down J, JJ's lobster yeah and uh his he had a company that was like you need to go on this podcast and so he showed up here didn't realize it was my house didn't realize we were gonna eat before like he knew he knew nothing he just walked in do your research dog he <laughs> he, he walked in like oh, I gotta do this podcast he and, like he hadn't left the shop since they opened so he's just like looking at his watch the whole time and you know like we take our time around here like Food comes out when it comes out. We're just kind of like, you eat. yeah. I mean, it's a brunch. I tell him all the time, it's a. I I said that, and I'll say I tell Griffin that he said I didn't eat. I was like, nigga, it's a fucking food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's literally like going to Doug Benson's podcast and being like, oh, they're smoking I weed. And it's smoke. like, yeah. bro, if Doug Benson gets high, high, like, <laughs> or I already came high, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, good. You, you have to. I think you have to do your re- you just do your research. You just do your research. <laughs> I get a lot of people on the drunk dial. They're like. Now, do I have to be drunk? And I'm like, no, that would never be a good idea for a podcast. <laughs> that like, sounds so dangerous and scary. Yeah, like, you got to be fucked up to do this <laughs> podcast. No, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but, like, uh, Thad and I were talking about, like, one of the cool things about uh, living with Thad was before I never lived with a comic, so I always felt like an insane person. I've almost always felt like, like when I had, when I even worked in a bar, I dated a teacher and it was like, I didn't have a nine to five job. I felt like a crazy person. And then I became a comic and I was like dating like a regular person. And was like, why are you out at the bars late at night? Like doing this, that, and the oh, other. Yeah, I love that. Love or, or even just the, like my other roommates. Like I had a teacher roommate and like, I'm living like a vampire. He's getting up early. Um, but like being in the quarantine with that, it was just like, we, we didn't have comedy to do, so we talked a lot about comedy for yeah. And then and then we would go a long time where we didn't talk about comedy at all. Yeah, because it got like when we realized it wasn't coming back. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like like wait, this is gonna be another six months. Yeah, let's work on some other shit. I'm gonna learn knitting or something. But one of the th- one of the conversations that we come back to a lot is about how just how you like plant your seeds and then kind of harvest them later. So it's just like anytime you see somebody doing operating at this level is because they had put this much yeah. work in yeah. before that yeah you know? oh yeah definitely i think when you do anything uh it starts small i mean you never think to yourself that it'll be i mean you do in the back of your head you just i tell people i just focus on the work mm-hmm. that's it i just focus on what i need to do even with the podcast i'm trying to start now i'm just like let me just focus on doing it not worrying about anything else yeah being consistent, logging episodes, doing what I want, and that's it. Not, not worrying about anything else. Because once you start worrying about stuff that's not there yet, you get lost. You get kind of lost off of it. You well, get, you get, you get confused, smart, and you're not, you're not focused. Because this is like yeah. you guys like to do it. That's it. Like, and then it's slowly, surely, and it's grown. So we're now it's like you know, when you guys got voted for the, the best podcast, whatever in, in Indianapolis, it was like, oh, that's cool. But that wasn't something that you had on your goals list when you hooked up your phone and started recording. Right. Oh, I got to get this. Like, this is not that's not it. It's like I like doing this. I want to try something new. Yeah. It's out of my comfort zone. I was embarrassed when I first started. I was like, I like I, I mean, I made it like a social media thing for it. You did. But I was like, I'm not sending this to comic. Like it was like comics are just going to shit on me like. What are like you're you're making a brunch podcast like that? It's a weird idea, you know. And I remember just thinking like I don't want to tell too many people I'm doing this because it feels silly. And then somewhere along that, it turned into like 
people asking me to be on the podcast and I was like, this was a thing. Getting I, mad to not on the podcast. Yeah, this was a thing I was like <laughs> hiding from people, you know? I was like, it's like, yeah, my secret, yeah, it's like my, it's like my little side chick. It's like, I don't yeah. know. I don't want anyone to know. I've been held up three times. It's like, get me on that podcast. Like, you can't point a gun at me. It's like, comments want to be on a show. Why don't you book me on the show? And it's like, I, I, I didn't even thought about you, dog. <laughs> But the thing is, like, I, and but honestly, like, I mean, it's it's taken a while to get you on too. Like, I've definitely, like, one I think is we split between comics and food service industry. So I think comics think that we just always have comics on. But like, two, it's just like I knew starting off was like I don't want to run out of good comic. I don't want to have all the good comics first. And then season yeah. two, season three is just like, well, this guy just started doing comedy three <laughs> days ago. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk to Billy Bob. <laughs> Green blousing uh, is that an improv? It, it's green blousing, and uh, I'm thinking about doing comedy. I want to talk to you about that. What yeah, should I do? All of a sudden, it's just edge edge lords. That's months. coming out. It, what is edge lords? What is that? It, the people that just like go hard in the paint, like on the fringe topics. Oh God! That yeah. like at crackers, well, right? That you, it there's is a whole back. wave. It of, is coming back. There's I've a seen. whole wave of COVID oh comics. God, people yeah. that in the pandemic, like so many people. Like we thought it would go. I thought it would go the other way. I thought all these people would quit comedy <laughs> during quarantine, and it was like. It almost made like a bunch of jokers, you know, <laughs> like it was like a bunch of people's origin story. Oh yeah, story was I like, saw. Uh, I was at the Behringer's mic on South Meridian. I mean, there were oh my god, bro, there were some comics there, which is fine. Like I get it, you do shock value shit when you start, and you're not supposed to be good. This whole idea of people like, well, when they started, they were great from the moment. No, they yeah. sucked. They fucking <laughs> sucked. They were bad. Like it is what it is. But these guys were like. All telling jokes about fucking their mothers and oh. spitting on their moms and hitting on yep. girls in the crowd. I'm just like, y'all think that this is it? Like, I knew starting, like, I might have been abrasive, but I wasn't abrasive like that because I went and saw so many comics. Yeah, shout out to Period Blood Man out there. That that was so we were at Detroit. What? We were at Detroit, and this guy, I'm like, I'm gonna go on. I'm like, okay, I'm like, a the guy right before that, and it's like, all right, I was like, I went to go to Dyke. I'm like, dude, I feel like I, a weird feeling about this. I didn't know what it was. I just had this vibe, like spidey senses, and then all of a sudden I hear period blood, and this guy's chanting, "We should drink period blood," and I'm like, okay. See, homie, like, what do you? How doing? do I pull this up? How do I pull this up? This was the same guy that, like, I think he started to say, he's like, he was like, are we a pro cop crowd or a defund the police crowd? And it was, and then just <laughs> left it up. And then the, the literally start the crowd started arguing. Arguing. Was, <laughs> what are you doing? Quit. Right before I'm about to go out, I'm like, come on. Let's. Tell them to quit. Is, I've seen that. I love when they go up before you and they do some racist shit. They do some what? super racist shit. I was at the Laugh Factory and somebody, I don't even know what his name was. He did a joke about black don't crack mm -hmm. and he was like unless you do crack like Whitney Houston or some shit and like Laugh Factory had like 80% black people like it was all black people <laughs> hit that door hard as shit he <laughs> uh, said crack it was just black people and like they didn't like the joke yeah they didn't like the joke and I was thinking like where in your mind did you think that you mm -hmm. were gonna get away yeah and usually it's like Young white male comics, right? They watch a lot of Jezelnik. They watch a lot of shock value stuff, and they like it. And I get it. It, it. That stuff is funny, but you have to watch what you're about to say. Like if you say defund the police, are we a pro cop cop crowd or are we a defund the police crowd? Like dog. Yeah. What, what's happening? Unless you're a black comic, was he black? 
Mm -mm. No. Unless you were black up there doing it and you had some crazy punchline coming up next. Yeah. I mean, wow. Just like, oh, that guy was great. If you're a white dude and you do that joke, I already know how your set's about to go. Because you want them to say, we're a pro-cop crowd. You would yeah. like for them to say that so you can, like, reveal and change it. But it's also like, you don't have to do that. Like you said, these COVID comics, they come out of COVID. Like, I'm a huge Tim Dillon. What Tim Dillon had said where he was like, hopefully all these old road dogs and all these new comics, they just quit. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't. Now they're like, oh, I've had time to be during COVID and write jokes. Yeah. If anything, COVID has turned, like, veteran comics into being like, well, I enjoy life more now. I don't want to do comedy as much. So then there's no more of that guidance. And it's more like, hey, my mom's pretty hot. Like, this guy was only saying, like, my mom's pretty hot. She's got big tits. I love to spit on them. I'm like, what? Like, uh, homie, are you for real? Wouldn't it be weird? Wouldn't it be weird, though, if comedy only consisted of people that were good at comedy? Like, wouldn't that be a weird parallel universe if so it was weird. just like, there was nobody was bad at it? You know, like, there wasn't people was like, who are we going to make fun of? Like, who are we going to bust up? Everybody just has perfect comebacks. Well, and this is like, because there's really only two ways to go. It's like, you're bad at comedy and you get better. Yeah. I mean, they always say Ronnie Dangerfield would like was not a funny person. No, people didn't even check for him for years, mm -hmm. dude. Years. And he pulled back up and like he was the man. Yeah. The man. But then we also all know those people who are, have been doing it way too long and they're like, I don't think they're ever going to be funny. I don't I'll, think they're ever going to get it. I always say to people, I know some comments right now. We all know them. I'll watch them and I'll be like, just quit. There's none, I'm an avid believer of it's okay to know to quit to quit it's okay if you know it ain't for you yeah. it's so okay I, I want to normalize quitting shit that you're not good at it is literally okay it's okay to be like it ain't it I knew from a very quick time wanting to go to the NFL and play in football I was like this isn't for me I don't enjoy always being being having I got so many concussions and always being hurt yeah. Always waking up in physical pain. I can't imagine you playing football. Yeah, I played football very seriously. Quarterback. Yeah. No, I was cornerback and receiver. Playing college. Yeah. Yeah. In college? Mm -hmm. Where at? I went to Anderson. Played football there. Oh. Yeah, I played. Very football. black community. Yeah. Because people are always like, you play, because Peter Hans is like, you play football. I, even I was like, because I don't, it, what does it do for me? Uh, I know so little about football. You said it with such confidence. You're like, quarterback. I was like, of course you play cornerback. I mean, that's. <laughs> it's the defense. What else would you play? Yeah, I, I don't like, know. That. Like, people look at me, the comments like, oh, you know, sport, you play. I was like, yeah, but that doesn't do well. That doesn't. I realize that the people that love sports love sports. Right? Like I got football on my on my phone right now. You guys, <laughs> but like I don't need to tune in hardcore. Like I, I'm, I played sports for a long time and took it very seriously. Was yeah. very obsessed with it. Weightlifting competitions. Weight like I did all of that for. Did you used to be swole? Huge. Wow. Huge. Like 220, just huge. What? And I played college ball small. I, I love lifting weights. I, I was that guy. It's such a douchebag thing. I was that guy that like he'd have his shirt off all the time because I knew my body was just fucking. <laughs> I knew it was I knew it was it. And I knew I love people like, oh, you have an eight pack. I, I love that. Now I just do not care. Yeah. I'll work out and do shit, but I, I do work out like a six-year-old white woman. I'll run a bunch of miles <laughs> and sit in the sauna. Some mall walking. And I do spin classes, but like I don't You do like, spin classes? Yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Health plex. Like I, I just don't. I don't really care about all like it helps to be physically fit and yeah. do stuff. But when you're around a bunch of comics and shit, like it's just what does an eight pack do for me in yeah. Found Square? It's Most of the women in Found Square, they don't give a fuck if these dudes have eight packs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've seen. You'd be some, better off with a beard. You know, I mean, better off with a beard. Better off with a PBR in my hand. Like they don't. They're not like. So I realized that like the football shit was cool. It taught me discipline, which is why I was able to do open mics and take the brutality of not doing well, going back up, doing shit, being able to perform while I'm tired, being able to perform mm -hmm. driving yeah. long. I had that in my head. Like, all right, well, this isn't as physically straining. Yeah, as football, this is more mental. Which sports are more mental, but like. Physically, these guys on the screen, like, tomorrow they're all going to wake up out of this world in pain. I'm not doing that doing stand-up. Yeah. Just, that's just mentally where I'm like, all right, I ate it, but I have another. I mean, sometimes I have bombs so hard I felt like I should need an ice bath after. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you have a bomb so hard where you're just like, you just go home and you sit. Like, I go yeah. home, I live by myself, so I go home and I'll close the door after I bomb. And I was just like, man. I need someone to hug me or I'm going to fall to the floor I bought, and break something. I went up first one time at Shoe Fly Oof. and I bombed so hard that Oof. I just I just walked out the door and walked over to because Jake lived across the street <laughs> and I just walked over to his house and like interrupted date night and was just it was like, what's wrong? I was like, I just bombed so hard. I don't know if I should do comedy Dude, shoe anymore. Was, shoe Fly was brutal. That my was, my hangouts like consist on how good I do on shows. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now I don't. Now I'm confident where I think I will at least do well enough where I won't eat it yeah. the whole time. But like that's you're still gonna eat it, and like well, it's different now. Like your first year is like you're, the whole set. There's silence, right? Uh, but like now, I'm like a peep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like now, like you, you learn how to do comedy. Like it's like it's one joke in your head that didn't go well that they don't even notice. But you're like shit. Like yeah, like you find uh, a word. You're like this is going first. The shoe fly is brutal. I can't believe they do that, especially like when you're new. Yeah, dog, don't put me up new. Yeah, Brian, Brian, uh, it was pr pretty fucking new. But then like the opposite. Like we came off. We did three shows in Detroit, and like I mean. That I'm still at the point where like doing like three shows and three nights is like that's a great weekend for it me. Is. Like that was a like, no, good feeling. Is. And you're just doing stuff so much that like it just made me want to like try new stuff. And then we came back and I hit the mics with the like this freshness that I haven't had forever. I was just like, Yeah, let's go bomb at some mics. Like that sounds great. Like I got all these new jokes. Yep. yep. And I want to see what and and like yeah, like, one out of five worked and I was so excited. I was like I, I didn't even feel this when I was new, new to comedy. Like, I all I wanted to do was get some new stuff out there. And it was just like, you get that fucking, uh, you get that you get that laugh in a room full of comics that aren't trying to laugh at anything. And you go, oh, that motherfucker's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. the funny you one. You start learning how to play. You don't want to ever play the comics. They always say, don't ever play the comics. But you have to learn when you start and always tell new comics. And I still feel like I'm fairly new, even though I'm not. But I still feel fairly new where I think when you start... You got to learn. It's like when you played sports, like when I played football, you have to earn the respect of certain people on the field. So when like we, we would do this drill called the Oklahoma drill, where basically it's uh, like a two linemen blocking or um, linebacker and running back. They give you the ball yeah. and they open it up and it's just you and the linebacker. Who just who has more will? Yeah, it's uh, a very yeah. dangerous drill. But like, yeah, you have to earn respect. And I was a sophomore. I know I was a freshman in college and I was in the Oklahoma drill. And I was going against our running back who was like, Daryl Star was he like 6'3", like 240. Big boy, Damn. big boy, big boy, huge, huge. Locker next to mine, never spoke a word to me. <laughs> he never spoke a word to me, ever. He was the only person ever. I said, I want to go against Daryl in the Oklahoma Joe. Everyone's like, you're you're fooling yourself. You're going to get folded. And I was like, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to earn his respect. He's going to see yeah, that I'm the good. only freshman that wants to get up there. Yeah. Even if he trucks me and... They're like he's gonna truck you and he's gonna score. He not he's not gonna get past you. I end up making the tackle. He hit me so hard. 
I mean, he came off the ball, hit me so hard. Helmet flew off. I know I got a concussion. But he earned, I earned his respect. He talked to me the rest of the season. And I, yeah. I tell comics, I go, learn how to play to some of those comics where at least you know you got to let them know that you're not scared of them. Yeah. And that you know you can be funny to them. The crowd, I don't want to say the crowd is dumb, burning people, but they don't get the magic trick like the, the, the comics do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can play the comics and it'll be a joke. Like you watch a special and you're like, oh, that joke was for the comics. Yeah. People say don't do it, but like most comedians will because it's so brilliant, so funny that if it appeals to the comics. It's a spice. You got to pepper it in. Yeah. You can't, that can't be the only thing that, that you right. do. And when you start, you should definitely do that with comics. Play a little bit to the room and shoot fly dugout. Like, you know what I mean? Make fun of some shit that's at the dugout or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, just so you can get there a little bit of respect. Now, when you start doing like, you, we're doing shit where you're doing three shows, three nights, you're doing two shows, one, you're doing all this. You don't necessarily want to do that because then I only play the comics like that. When I'm bombing on a weekend show, and the crowd does not like it. I'm like, well, you know what? The three comics that are in here. Yeah, we're going to have fun. They're going to have fun. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to know I'm eating it. But you know what? It is what it is. But you have to learn how to, like, sprinkle it in there and do shit. I'm sure it's the same thing with, like, you know, I mean, the service industry. You know, I mean, just people order basic drinks. But you're like, I'm going to make some more, like, I know the, the other the other servers will appreciate this drink. This fucking dumbass that wants. Yeah. A Wells, a Wells tequila and water. He, he he's not gonna appreciate what I'm about to make this person. And you make them a drink, and the service is like, "This is really good." You're like, "Cool!" Like I got the respect of my peers and these dumbasses that are coming. Like I you're just- giving me flashbacks of my entire <laughs> weekend right now. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick break. Yep. Uh, I think uh, my house got infested by an Asian ghost. So we're going to check that out. And that's uh, why you're not going to Saturday Night <laughs> Godfather with a gun full of snakes. Car Porsche trying to give away a wraith. Bricks ball trying to turn them in a base. Big boy, I'm in trying by the Braves. Courtroom selling like I'm in an opera. When they got it, now these n- want to knock us. Follow cause they need a couple dollars. But it ain't no problem cause I n- really got it. Fat boy, rich with an appetite. Count money all night under the candlelight. Spinning vinyl, Teddy P or is it Lionel? Not a model, but I know I've been idol. Big bank sparking without a lighter. On fire, cause I'm just a different writer. Practicing social distance with all these snitches. Guess he jealous, cause I had his favorite with his big bucks. Stepping out of big trucks. Stepping on my feet to get you up. Got the squad with me, and all they did was give me love. Foot locker 20 deep, and spin a dub. G wagon for my that girl, go live it up. Death row, that's for these. I'ma hit them up. Machiavelli is all eyes on me. Hi, and welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast with uh, collegiate athlete David Brooks. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Welcome back. I feel like that makes a lot of sense now that you, uh, I learned that today about you. I feel like because uh, you're, you're you're driven in a certain way that like I, I could see being like carried over from sports, uh, which is something that I've never done in my life. But uh, also you were talking about before the break, you were talking about knowing when kind of it's time to throw in the towel on something when you when you oh yeah because i knew from a very early age that i was sports was not my thing <laughs> i am like not sports? i'm not coordinated no i was not blessed with any sort of coordination uh scared of the ball usually get there scared I, of the ball i had a i was always scared of the ball like in little league and then i kind of got over it and uh, me and my friend were playing catch 
And um, it was like, we got called in for dinner and it was like, one more time. And he threw it up and it just blasted me, like cut the side of my tongue. And like, I had to like, I had to be on a liquid diet for like, for like two weeks when I was a kid. And I was just like, fuck baseball, fuck, <laughs> fuck sports. Oh man, I've gotten her, I've, I've, I've um, knocked a tooth out on the floor. I was going for a, a, a ball in basketball. My mouth was open and my teeth just snapped off and had to sever nerves. Ooh. I didn't. I had bad back bad back spasms when I played. I mean, I partially tore my MCL. I got knocked out unconscious a few times in football. You just play. You just get up and play. Yeah, it's dangerous. My if I whenever if I have children one day or anything, they probably won't play sports. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe maybe my maybe my daughters will, but my sons won't. For sure, my sons won't. My sons will not. There will be no football. Really? And I love football. It taught me a whole lot. I just. It's dangerous. I just know how I can be playing sports. It's just a lot. I think it helps. I love sports. I'm still I still watch it every morning. And watch debate shows and stuff. I, I mean you stuff. you talk shit over nothing, so I can't imagine if it was actual like a sport that you were playing oh, against fucking, somebody. I was the worst. I was the worst. <laughs> I knew Ben I knew Ben when Ben played football. Polizzi. Yeah. Yeah. I knew one of his teammates. Did you get up in his face and talk shit? I didn't play against Ben. Ben went to a I'm pretty sure Ben went to a yeah, he went to Cecina maybe. Or he went to a small high school, so I didn't. I, he wasn't in the. He wasn't in the, in the higher classes of five A in football. But like I remember seeing him or seeing people that knew him and shit, and he played college football too. And you see how Ben is. Ben doesn't really give a fuck about sports like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, when you play sports like we did at a young age, you kind of get over it because mm -hmm. you want to be respected in this light. Like no one at an open mic gives a shit that I can power clean this much, or <laughs> you know what I mean, like they don't care. And, and the women that I date or, or attract to, they don't really care about that. I mean, it's cool, but like I said about being in Fountain Square and Irvington, like it's hard pressed for me to find a girl that's like, so what's your forty? Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like they don't really give, they don't care. You know what I mean? It's cool. I think working out is great, and you should do some type of physical activity. Mm -hmm. um, but it's I why are you shit. staring me in the eyes when you said that? I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but you do a lot of walking and shit. You, I like you keep pointing. As <laughs> long as you walk around and do shit, that's fine. You know what I mean? But this whole uh, ideology on being an athlete is, uh, it I mean, I'm sure it cripples women too. It cripples young men when they play football. It's just, it's a, it's a mindset. This, and it's good and it's bad. It's good for me with stand up, but it's bad because then I, I related to a team thing. Like, why aren't you doing it? This, why aren't mm. you doing it? Why aren't you? And it's like, some people aren't competitive, competitive and driven like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was always like in gym class, like I needed to win. Like if I did not win, like that's a problem. Like if I don't win, then I'm failing. I like to, I like, I hate losing more than I like to win. Yeah. I hate losing. That losing shit is, I hate it. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's really interesting that you say that. Cause like, I look at comedy as being like, more like um, I don't know some some sort of competition that you would like 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 weightlifting or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's like usually or something that would, you're really just going up against yourself Which more I than more than anybody else. I hate that. You gotta battle your demons. I hate it. I hate when a comic does so great. And I'm like I don't hate it. But I hate when they do so great. And I'm like did they just they fucking bitch? Like I don't. But I don't think that way. I'm actually very happy when they do well because it makes the show better. Yeah. But that's a football mentality. Like, you know what I mean? You miss a tackle, you miss something. So at every show you're at, you're rating whether you did better than. No, the not other anymore. I think I started show. like that. No, I, I, I rate my. I rate at shows now. I usually do. Just don't be the worst on the show. <laughs> that's it. You still don't want to be the, in the losing bracket. I don't want to be in the losing. I don't want to be the worst. But it's like. 
I don't go into it anymore like that where I'm like, this is that, this is that. I, I just I just listen to what people say after this set, mm -hmm. what their goals are, what their dreams are. If you say you want to be um, a national tour headliner or you want to move here, move to New York or whatever you do, and then you only put in the work one time a month, mm -hmm. but then you wonder why you don't get the response. It was like, I, I have to, my always my advice I'm taking is like, do I believe this comic thing? Do they think they're funny or do they know they're funny? Mm. You see comics who are like, oh, that person thinks that they're funny. And if the audience has to think about if they think you're funny, then you're not. Right. I don't want them thinking too hard. I want them to know, oh, he thinks he's funny. This is funny. We're having a good time. Yeah. But when the crowd has to start like, thinking about, okay, you're good, you're not, then they usually it's just like not a good time. And I've heard that from people that don't do comedy, they just watch. Yeah. Right. So I try to lead to the, the perception of like, can. Do I know I'm funny? If I know I'm funny because I'm working hard, listening to myself, doing all the shit I'm supposed to do, going to mics, eating it. It's kind of like just having like confidence and charisma, like dating or something. Yeah. Someone, like you could tell like, oh, this person has yeah. confidence in their Trust story. your mistakes, yeah. as I would always say. I, 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 I trust my mistakes. I'm very trusting on my mistakes. What was the gap between football and comedy? Doing it? Yeah. Like time-wise. Ooh. Six, seven, seven years, maybe? So what happened in that seven years? Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, sell, just selling drugs, <laughs> selling a bunch of being, and then taking that football ideology to trapping, trying to be the best and find the next plug and do this and do that and do this and do that, and then you do some stuff you don't think you'd ever dream of that you've only seen on TV, and now you're like, oh, I'm here, and then now it's like, can I handle all this? And then I could, and then I couldn't, because I dreamed of doing all this shit, selling drugs that I never thought I would see or do ever. I was like, start like, selling like like, like, like what? Like, I start off selling, like, ounces and shit, and then now you look up and you have, like, 50 pounds a week. You have 100 pounds a week. You have 150 pounds a week. You have someone that's dropping off weed in your garage. You have someone that's trying to help you start business. Like, you're, you're doing all this shit that, like, you... Like, I tell you all the time, most drug dealers now, they sell drugs to get high for free or to be cool at a party or right. at the bar. I never did that. As soon as I started seeing what I could do, I was like, it's a I want to make money so I could fund my own movie, so I could buy my own fucking, I wanted to, I wanted to have, I had a driver. Like, I wanted to do all this shit. So, like, when I do comedy, and be like, oh, you do, I go, I've already had money and done all that shit. It's weird when you're 24 and you got your friend driving you around because you don't want to drive, you can just pay him to drive you. Like, that's some fuck, that's like. What's the most amount of money you had at one time? Some six figures. Wow. I'll go on. And you, well, yeah. <laughs> probably not a good investment strategy, although a lot of that. You, uh, one, of the thing, one of the things that's very interesting about you is like, and I, I wouldn't have brought this up if, oh. like, if you didn't talk about it on stage instead. I would have been like, so you've been, you made some boo-boos with the law. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no. Why is this a gotcha podcast? What are we talking about? <laughs> gotcha. But uh, yeah, every <laughs> oh, you got buttons. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a real zoo radio. <laughs> What's that one? Go ahead, push the yellow one, Dad. Oh, I'm so dirty. Oh, you told me to push. So I didn't. <laughs> David, I didn't oh, know. So I, I didn't, well, you, I'm trying who to told stop you it. to push it three I'm times? So, I'm so three sorry, Bridget. Times? Bridget, I'm I am so, so sorry. Uh, That's a girl uh, named Vanessa. On oh that no! That's the Vanessa <laughs> the I did not know. I don't have them all memorized on public record. I don't. So dirty. Oh shit! What you say? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, but like you've been you've always been very open and honest. And when I met you, you were already on house arrest. So it's like you kind of I kind of met you at the end of the story. Yeah, but you've always been very upfront with it. Like, is that something you thought about? Like, we going on? Like, do I want people to see me in this light? Or are you like, 
this is just what happened to me. This is how it is. And I'm just going to tell it like it is. Or like, did you even think about it like that at all? I think it's both. I think you said it in this, the end of the story. I look at it as, as the beginning because it's like now I have to be. And I don't mean to say regular human being like people are like beneath me or something. But like having a civilized uh, being productive citizen. I never mm -hmm. had that in my 20s. Yeah. Right. So like. Now I see that it doesn't matter. I heard Bill Burr say, like, stand-up's the only thing where you could go get manslaughter charge, and then you get out, and then you could go to the dealership, right, <laughs> and get a job, but then go to open mic, and comics get to know you and be like, why don't you talk about being in prison for manslaughter? Yeah. Like, I started realizing that, like, oh, comics, they don't care if I have money and women and nice shit and all, going to these trips. They don't care about that. Is mm -hmm. your joke about Tinder funny? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought about like it's really yeah, it really is the only currency. Yeah. And I was like, can I be can I be transparent with the selling the drugs and all of that? And I tried to be as transparent. And I think there's still more into that. Cause when I was on it, it was funny. Now I can do it now and I add more to it at is as at is it's at a distance. Perspective, now, yeah. Yeah, and it's different. But yeah, I tried to think of like, well, this story and people always say my friends and stuff everywhere. They're like, you know, that story sells and that's a good story. But it's like it's not a story I'm trying to like sell. It's just a story that like it is what it is. It taught me how to just be as who I was, I guess. I always find it interesting when comics. So like, I, I know comics that will talk about the way they were basically like five years ago or something, you know, like they're they're. Their, their whole stand-up is kind of predicated on, you know, like, like you could have a whole stand-up predicated on being a drug dealer, you know, yeah. well, like, but, like, you definitely put it in the past tense. Oh, yeah. Like, like this is just matter-of-factly of, of, of something yeah. that happened. You don't want to snitch on yourself if you're still doing it. And also, <laughs> I, I also, I wanted to, I had a comment tell me, all you do, like, it's for a while I was doing house like, all you do is tell jokes about uh, being on house arrest. So then, like, six months, I didn't tell a joke about being on house arrest. I, I have other stuff to talk about. Yeah. I like doing it. Um, I get mad now when crowds, they don't enjoy what I'm trying to talk about, what's going on in the world, whatever, or stuff. Mm. They want to, they like hearing about my drug escapades. And like, for me, it's fun. But then through therapy, I've learned like that that's like a triggering thought for PTSD where it's like, now I'm rehashing some of these memories that like, yeah, it's fun having money and all this shit. But like I tell people like, it's not fun. Like, getting robbed at gunpoint being tied up seeing a girl you date tied up like see like doing all that seeing my friends go to prison yeah. my friends be killed like that shit like having to meet like everyone loves the show narco that's why I, when i was on housewives i stopped watching drug dealing shows mm. you stop watching them because mm -hmm. to me like snowfall everyone loves snowfall yeah it's everyone, too triggering it, yeah to me it's like i know what that's like yeah. i know what he's going to bed thinking and having to do and and his and his in this show it's a little bit more dramatic and a lot more profitable. To, but like you're dealing with yeah. people and you're doing stuff where like you just never dreamed of doing. Well, when I was a little kid, I asked my grandpa who fought in World War II if he wanted to watch the movie Saving Private Ryan with me, and he was like, "Why? Why the fuck would I want to watch that movie?" People always say that you love Breaking Bad. I'm sure you love Breaking Bad. I'm like, it's a great show. I was yeah. like, but it's not realistic to me. Like, why? I'm like, I was like, this white man would have got killed years ago fucking yeah. around with the wrong people, bro. <laughs> Yo, fuck if he has cancer. There's just certain things you don't do, and I, I, I noticed doing comedy that I could tell a lot of comics had never owned their own or had a business or made money. They don't know how to navigate. Yeah, and I when you sold drugs, you're your own boss. You're your own like, I lived a comics life. You know what I mean when I sold drugs because I didn't have to get up at no time. 
Mm-hmm. My phone went off. You want something? You get something off. The only thing I had to do was like a couple times a month meet a big connect or something and talk to them or whatever. That's like you having your big show at the club or something. Like you know what I mean? Or going to a big showcase. Like I don't. I didn't have to do that every day. It's really all of it's on me. I feel like we missed a step somewhere between football and the drug game. How did how did we? I got out of football. Go for a playing collegiate football. I got kicked out of school. My dad died. Then my mom died. And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm not going back to school. I'm just going to sell drugs. And then I sold drugs. And it was, I didn't want to play football. Once my dad died, I wasn't going to play football anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. I didn't really want to do football in college anyway. But Heart I, wasn't in it I just didn't go to school. I didn't like school. Yeah. What were you in school for? Like, what was your degree going to be in? Business marketing and then a minor in um theater arts i wanted to just be an actor that's all i wanted to do since i was a kid just be an actor i love movies and stuff yeah i just wanted to write films direct films all Mm -hmm. that i didn't want to do i always was obsessed with stand-up but like i just wanted to be in the movies and i didn't want to play sports and my dad was like very adamant about playing sports and being good at football and doing it and then i got to be really good at football i never thought i'd be good at i tell you all the time you can be really good at something and work hard and like hate it yeah I worked very hard at football and worked hard to transform my body and have all this. Sh- and I just absolutely did not. I just wanted to party. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I didn't want to wake up and go running on vacation and run like my friends at Lake House. Like we get up. They're all hung over at 16. I'm getting up to go fucking run three, four miles in the morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, that seems to be the one through line of all this, whether it was uh, football or drugs or comedy was always like, uh, not being the worst and trying no. to be the best. Yeah, and just being, you said the hardest working people, I, I like James Brown, they call him the hardest uh, hardest working man in show business. Like James Brown wasn't some like crazy singer like Beyonce or fucking, mm-hmm. you know, Billy Holiday or Aretha Franklin or some shit, but he worked very hard. Yeah. He like worked extremely hard and he's doing all these shows and all these shows and I have this, I always joke about it with comics, I said I have this chilling circuit mentality where it's like, you just keep doing shows, you keep doing stuff, then you look up and you go, oh I've done all this stuff, mm-hmm. like oh I've done all this shit, like I this past summer I looked up and I was like, oh I've been booked out of town and mm-hmm. on shows every fucking, like I didn't notice that. Now where, and this might be good for uh, younger comics out there because there is like a switch over between being new into comedy and just getting on everything and just grinding and grinding and grinding. And then at some point you start realizing like, well, that was a bad show. That's a shitty mic. Am I really getting like, I didn't get paid on this. Like when's that kind of switch over between like grind, grind, grind. And then you start being a little bit more, um, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I guess I started noticing it last year, but like I have this thing where I don't want to tell people no. Mm-hmm. So I'll do every show because I look at it like, well, what can I take out of this? Yeah, that's not that's not just like, oh, the show isn't bad. Because my thing is the comic thing training your head where you're like, well, you're supposed to do this show and it's not going to be a good show. And I, I hate when I hear comics go, well, if it's not, there's no point in me going to go perform in front of seven people. There's no point in that. I'm like, there isn't in the grand scheme of if you're doing a fucking club and there's a bunch of people. But like there is a grand scheme of thing is. Well, what can I work on in these seven people? Because yeah. if I can make these seven people laugh and get on board, what if these seven people really like me? What if these seven people really adore me now? What if they really hate me? But then what did I learn from that? So I think I started noticing that last year. But this year is when I really noticed the beginning of the summer where I was like, I think I went to I went to Columbus, Ohio and came back. Went to Dayton, went to Cincy, 
then had to be back in Newport, and then had to go to Nashville. And that's when I was like, okay, you're gonna if you have weeks like this, you're gonna have to start figuring out what's worth it and what's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, yeah, what's not. But I don't like doing that because I don't want to look at myself as like I'm some like crazy comic that's he's just too I just don't want to spread myself too thin right yeah. but I have no problem used to doing that where like I'm tired I'm doing stuff I'm doing stuff I'm doing stuff I just try to look up and be like look at all the work I've done from hard yeah. work because we were outside just talking about Kanye and stuff and like you do a bunch of stuff and you look up and you go oh, look at his resume look at this and I'm trying to have that without being like I need a break. Yeah. I need, like, I just, I, I'm trying to get, lean into that through therapy, how to, like, take a break and relax. I just, I have never been like that. There, there is something about being on that grind because, like, in open mic, you're told to get at every mic that mm-hmm. you can. So your brain, kind of brainwash into, yet say yes and to every single thing. Yep. Because you're not shit. You don't think anything of yourself. This is more practice. And then when you get to the clubs and you're, you're doing longer sets, you're doing 30 minutes, 45, whatever. It's like, yeah, like I don't want to drain myself because one, two, financially, hey, yeah, if I and should, you want to get paid, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, fi- yeah, financially, hey, I want to, I want to do a show. I can't say yes to this backyard show where I could be making three hundred dollars in that week, you know, yep. like or, or or whatever, however much money it is. Yeah, and it's it's, it's kind of crazy because. Like we do push ourselves so much, and then there is a time to like, what is a a healthy show? I mean, and people don't like that balance. But some of those people that don't like that balance aren't doing it all the time. Like I used to judge some comics that were like I looked up to that they were really good, and I didn't see them at an open mic. Like, why did you take off that day? And it's like, dude, I just got done doing weekends. Like I didn't want to go to the show because yeah, it's it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah, I still have a little bit of that. I just. Now it's weird being in the scene because certain comments that start, they they like look up to your like, oh, David works hard, he does all this, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like I'm just one of you. I should have been at that mic. I should have done it. And I usually yeah. go because for a while, I mean, still now, people see me at every, they see me at every mic. They see me at the shows. They see me go because that that's what I was taught when I first started from like, you know, the, like the Joe Bates and the Dwight Simmons yeah. and that. I'm Hune a lot. Um, they taught me to go to everything and be good. But then I started noticing you can't be complacent when you mm-hmm. get a bunch of shit and sure. then you stop. Now you have to find other projects like y'all have where it's like the podcast or it's this or it's yeah. that. And like yeah. for me, it's like doing other shit and trying to do like a one man show and do a podcast and yeah. write a pilot. And a mo- it's trying to find stuff where I'm never stagnant. Because if I get stagnant, then I'll just do like I was doing, which is just watching Dexter and I'll just watch right. TV. Did you think it was going to be this busy when you started though? No, I never would have dreamed out of God. I thought it was gonna be ten years before I ever was busy. Yeah. Can I <laughs> can I can I pitch an idea for maybe even like a short podcast for you? Yeah. Uh so they have these uh videos on YouTube where it's like a doctor watches like house and you know, yeah. general hospital and basically or whatever and just like says like that's ah, bullshit blah, blah. You should watch drug movies. Or drug TV shows, like okay. you should do that. Like we're like, I don't like watching Breaking Bad, but you should watch Breaking Bad and then break down what all the bullshit is and be like, they would have killed this man. Yeah. Like, like that's <laughs> funny you say that. Terhune always, Brent Terhune always tells me, and shout out to Brent, he's very big on um, the social media. You guys definitely should see yeah. him involved. He's huge. He um he used to like when I would post, uh, I'd post like uh, videos of me watching like Batman the animated series. Yeah. And I would like make fun of Batman. One of my favorite things is uh, there was a clip I remember this day when Mr. Freeze came in and you go, 
Oh, <laughs> this nigga brought polar bears up to the function. Yeah, yeah. Like, I still think about that line every once in a while. Every yeah. time I see Mr. Freeze. But, like, that's me just being, or that's how I kind of got in the state of I would do that on Snapchat. And yeah. I wish I was, like, these younger, younger, younger kids were, like, they take that and they just bleed you to death on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. And, like, I need to do that because Terhune was like, you really should uh, do those things and post them to your feed because it's funny because you are just doing it because you like TV and movies and, and, and you like making fun of stuff yeah. and you're commentating it. And he's like, you should just call it background noise Brooks or something where you just, you're the background noise. And he's like, and I never, I never did it because like, I'm just like not a whore for Instagram. Mm -hmm. I want to be, I want like I'm posting. I more. think it's great, man. I think, I think that would be perfect. I think it would be too. And it's really funny. And it's just like something you're already doing. I always like, do it. I post like, it on my story and everyone yeah. watches it, but like, yeah. like you got to have it on your feed and, <laughs> I like doing it because it was. I remember watching it, and then some of it will make me laugh. Yeah, like, what, the thing that you were doing recently that was yeah. killing me was all the movie clips that you were relating <laughs> to stand up comedy. Yeah, I've been doing that. Ways. More. Yeah, I've like been it. getting some notice, and it's been great. Like it's been funny because you like look for it. And you're like, oh shit! Oh, it's just funny. It's just like it's just funny to me, right? I don't, I don't go into something like where I'm like, all right, do this. Like, I, cause Ben, ben Blitz, he told me to do that. He's like, you need to start putting them on your page in reels because like, they're funny. They'll get the amount of views. Like you're funny. You watch so much shit and you remember so many movies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, I'll post something. And for a while there, I was, the, for a while I posted one. I posted the first Game of Thrones one. And you want to listen to Game of Thrones, there's a king, uh, King Tom and he had killed himself. He jumped out of the fucking thing and killed himself. And I had uh, posted something like, uh, the me when I see a bad comic get booked for a club weekend, <laughs> right? And I only did that because I saw some comic that got booked, and they're like, they're like horrible, they're miserable, they're not funny, they don't do shit. And I was like, all right. And I just thought of that organically. I never <laughs> for a second did it, and was like, this is gonna be a thing. And then I started doing it, and then somebody booked me in Colorado. Yeah. They're like, we want you to come out and do a show, headline the show and stuff because we've seen your memes and shit. And I'm like, this is fucking. Well, you got booked off of <laughs> it. All the fucking memes. Wow. It's so dumb. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. so he's like no I think they're because then I posted one of the Joker at the Dark Knight mm -hmm. yeah. where he walks in and was like we're tonight's entertainment and I was like me uh, comic, yeah. me at a brewery yeah. <laughs> and like no one knows a, a mic's about to start and they're all drinking looking nice and then comic starts <laughs> and it was so funny and that guy was like that is so funny I don't know you should start ask doing ask me where I got yeah. these scars <laughs> <laughs> so like when I started doing that I was like okay and then I got like you said you gotta be consistent so like I gotta be consistent on putting them out and um, doing them every week. I did one this week. Which one did I do this week? I did one, uh, the Kill Bill one. I did a Kill yeah. Bill one where I was like, I, when I tell my slavery, it was a Kill Bill two where he, she, uh, Beatrix Kiddo's Uma Thurman's character, she spits on one of the guys. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's the crowd when they don't like my slave jokes. And then he <laughs> spits back, he spits this wad of dip on her. I go, me retaliating with George Floyd jokes. Like, and like, people, yeah, comics find I it funny them. and they like it and it's just like, I like doing it and I like that other people enjoy it. I do because it's weird to me because to me it's just me being like absolutely stupid. Yeah. Me just being bored at my house trying to make myself laugh. And like, that's where it ends with when people would DM and like, this is hilarious, this is funny. I'm just like, that's crazy that anyone thinks on any type what of What was that one, me trying to quit comedy or thinking about quitting comedy? Oh, that was Dexter. He had killed someone after his wife had died and his dad shows up as a ghost always. And he was like, Dexter never shows any like emotion. He's a sociopath, he's a fucking serial killer. And he like was screaming at the body. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> 
I was like, that's me contemplating quitting comedy. <laughs> Amber Falter, she did me. was like, oh, that's so funny. That's me. And like, it's just, it's just like a cool thing to do because I know comics will enjoy. But then if people can get what I'm saying through comedy with the movie without doing comedy, I feel good about that. You know, they get what I mean when I post the, the Temptations one. Yeah. Where he was David Ruffin got yes. fired. And I was like, that's me not getting on the open mic list. And he like fucking screams and yells. You, you guys can't, can't do this. You can't do this to me. I made you son of a bitch. And like that, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, is that how I act when I don't get on the list? And I made it. And it was just like funny. Did you have a training day one too like that? Like somewhere? No, I have a training one day that I just screen record the other day. I, I have one that I'll post. It's pretty good. Which one do you think I should which one were you thinking of? Uh I I was thinking like the very end when he's like Everyone's around him. Like the shoe program. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one. There's Jake Smith works at Helium. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a clip where I want to post where he is like, you motherfuckers can do this to me. Yeah, Jake, come yeah. back with my money. And I'm like, that's me at Helium when I don't get on yelling at Jake. I'm like, yeah, Jake. <laughs> so I'm the police like screaming and shit. Denzel screaming. I'm the police. Y'all just live here. Like, it's just like, it's just so funny that like I look at these clips and I go, Yo, that's that's literally me. Now you say you like this. You, you're a man who likes to enjoy saying a lot of wild shit. Uh, do you ever have? Because you you also say a lot Hit of the button. <laughs> oh, I'm so. Oh, I'm so dirty. Oh, come clean me up. Dude, so <laughs> it's like a part. Oh, come clean me up. Uh, <laughs> You, you well, you like to say a lot of you like to say a lot of racially charged stuff, and yeah, it's yeah, always. Do you ever get white people that come up to you and like to chastise you, or or maybe tell you to like chill? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> my buddy had a girl. Um, this this girl was they were at the bar or something. And for, no, they were at a wedding, and he ordered an Irish car bomb. And she was like, oh, my God, I, st I lived in Ireland for two months. Like, you can't say that. Would you order a 9-11? And, like, I was just like, she's wilding right now. Like, yeah. She's wilding right now. Like, And then I, I didn't ever met her, so then I got a chance to, like, think about what I would do in that situation. And I was like, well, what I would do is if, like, she was talking about some white people, I'd be like, hey, uh, you're representing all lives matter and black lives matter. And right now my life and no one black is mattering because you guys aren't talking about anyone. So, really, you're appropriating this whole situation. And like I do that, white people get like so mad, and it's so funny. Like I'll do it with my friends. Were like, I so want to want a cigarette. This girl outside the bar, they want a cigarette, and I was like, Did you vote for Trump? And she was like, Well, I go, Did you vote for Trump? She's like, No. I go, You can have a cigarette. I go, Do you believe that Breonna Taylor was a myth? She was like, No. I go, well, You can have the lighter. Like I try to, I try to see what they're like, because like there you go. everyone wants to do uh, be a part of something, and I get that. Like I, I, I appreciate everybody trying to be a part and want human rights, but like. I'm black. Like, I just find it funny that now white people are, like, failing and they're, like, on their tippy toes yeah. with stuff. And, like, now I can just, like, poke at it. Like, if they say something where they don't agree with something, like, someone didn't agree with me when I said Kanye West is my favorite artist. He's one of the best people ever. She's like, well, I don't agree with that. And I was like, well, that's because you think cops' lives matter. And, like, she was <laughs> fucking so mad. And I was like, well, that's what you're representing. Hey, do you want to say the N-word? Go ahead and say it. Say it with the hard R. And she's like, man, my friend's like, why do you do that? I'm like, because it's hysterical, bro. Because it's a joke. And she obviously knows I don't know anything about her. Like, it's a, it, you just have to poke at people. And they do tell me, uh, wow, uh, people hear my act and they think that I like, that I like hate white women or something like that. I like use mm -hmm. white women for like sexual deviant. I don't know. Like this yeah. 
because of my jokes, it's so weird. As a, a joke I tell about spitting in white people's mouth. Yeah, and like, it, it'll go two ways. One way, people will be like, oh, he's gross. He fucking only likes white women, which is like not true. I like women, so like I don't really care what your skin color is at yeah. all. If you like me, can put up with me, then you're the race for me. That's what I look at it. And this girl to show it, uh, what was that? M not Mishawaka, it was, yeah, it might have been Mishawaka. It might have been outside of <laughs> South Bend. I told the spit in a white woman's mouth joke. And she, her, she, her and her friend came up to me. And she was like, my friend would love it if you spit in her mouth. And I was like, see, man, you guys are like wilding out. Right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there was a girl that was trying to like go on a date because she heard me tell that joke. Uh, it was like, you can spit in my mouth anytime. Yeah. And then I had a I knew You need to slow play that. If that's your angle, you need to slow play that. Like, that's like a third date kind of thing. Like, hey, actually, you know it's what? Like I really like this. relationship thing. And I'm yeah. not sex shaming. Like, yeah. and then there's been girls. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I don't know if you lead with the spitting of a mouth, like, and it's a joke. Yeah. And like, I I knew a, a black girl in Cincinnati who, which this how I knew I felt old. She was like, "Can I get your autograph?" And I was like, "What?" She said, "Can I get your autograph?" Write write your autograph down. I, I wrote my name like autograph. She was like, "No, like write your autograph. I'll put your Instagram too." I was like, "Okay." So I put her Instagram. She's like, "Do you want my autograph?" And I was like, "I mean, not really." <laughs> She's like, "You didn't write a note." And I was like, "What do you want me to write?" She's like, "Write how you." would want to spit in someone's mouth that's not a white girl because she was black. She's like, you can spit in my mouth or some shit. And then she was like, DM me. And I just never DM'd her because I was like, I don't I don't go to do comedy to think that people are going to listen or whatever. Not listen, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, take what I say seriously at all. And she DMs me and goes, hey, I found you on Instagram. I was like, well, I gave you the Instagram. And she was like, I found you on Instagram. Um, Stop fucking with those toxic white hoes that come spit in a real bitch's mouth. And I was like, are you for <laughs> real right now? I met you in Cincinnati at a bar show. Like, <laughs> it was just, and I get it. It's jokes. It's funny. It's yeah. that. But, like, people get, like, they listen to my sets, and they just, like. You're reading a little yeah, too yeah, deep yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. Like, I've, they think I, like, like, I don't know if, like, black women do the same thing. They get, like, mad at me. Like, oh, you don't like black women. Like, that's not true. Cats out of the bag, like the most beautiful woman I ever dated. She was black, like was a model. She's gorgeous, and she knows that I. We're still friends. She knows I can be funny, right? She knows that I say shit and everything. And she's like, you mean what? But she goes, some of these white girls, they're 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 not gonna know that you're like joking and shit. And some of these old white men in these old white towns, they're gonna get offensive. Like mm. I told one white guy one time, I was like, you know, I want to marry a white woman. I tell a joke, I'm like, I'm, I want to marry a white woman because I want a lake house, and they'll laugh. And he goes, you can't have a lake house. And I was like, and you can't own slaves no more, but who's going to get to their dreams faster, right? <laughs> like, and, like, everyone's laughing and shit, and they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, because, man, like, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. Like, obviously, I can get a lake house without marrying a white woman. It's just funny because when you think a lake house, you think of a white woman, right? Yeah. And so that's just what that is. It's just, like, jokes. And, like, I like poking people's – I love it now, poking people's race card. That, that is – it's so funny. Yeah. I feel like I do too, but I feel like you do it in such a, I don't want to say more aggressive, but like <laughs> in a different way, in a different, like, I feel like we both, uh, we, I feel like we all three actually kind no, of we do, do it, it, do it in our own ways. Wait, I, we all poke well, a little bit. You <laughs> poke. Uh, That's dirty. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm so dirty. Oh, come clean me up. So dirty. Like, of course. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, listeners. That is my favorite button I've heard. And she's clearly white. That's a that's just, that's so funny. Come clean me up. What? Yikes! No, we all do poke. We all do. You know, we all. It's fun. I'd pull the. Uh, that 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 got heckled by a, a host who was just like basically like. Was that hey. with Joe? Yeah. 
Oh wait, wait, wait! What happened? Tell me the story. <laughs> when, when the host was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you up and say something about you being Haitian," you were like, "Okay." Oh man, Haiti. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that was crazy. He just started talking about I've never seen a Haitian run away from a dollar, <laughs> and just talking about how poor Haitians are. I'm like, like, what a, are we, what are we doing right sm- now? It was like in a small rural, rural Indiana town too. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. To the point where we were getting tips because what he said was so racist. Yeah, Joe and Trent told me this. Joe, was, yeah, yeah, that's fucked up. And they gave me fifty dollars. Good. They gave uh, they gave Trent thirty dollars and they gave Joe thirty dollars. And I'm like, man, that's crazy that you guys got three fists of a joke. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, that's got, funny. You guys got three fists because <laughs> I got the racist joke. I made out on this one. Oh, that's great. People always that's. People say, have you guys ever have comics that say, especially being black or mixed, what you, they say shit, they try to say shit about you being a white black guy. I hear people say that about me a lot. Here's the, here's, Every, David, but, I'm going to say something right now because someone just brought this up. I'm going to um, say, I'm going to rhyme his name, Hamie Hutley. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to rhyme his name, uh, Jamie. Drag him. Jamie Hutley. Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, he, he he came up. He was like, "We're talking about how I'm on the sh- the show, and it's all white men." Yeah, and then and I I kind of had the joke because I'm like, "Yeah, this feels like you know the insurrection. Like this is like all crazy because like I'm just the only black dude." Yeah, and then like. I'm thinking in my head, I have white parents too. And then they're like, well, do you even count as a black dude because you have white parents? Now, That's here's wild. the thing. That's a a white person cannot take away my black card no matter what. Never. And just the way they, I, like, they will try. And I'm just they like, will try. And like I, I do love the dude. Like he was just he was like taking an angle. Like that's with comics, you understand. A hey, you want to take one. huh? A corny angle, right? You're dopehead, dog. But but you just you can't you can't take but away he, that. Here's like, here's how crazy it is. Like I'll, I'll get it, I'll get it for being biracial. That'll get it because. He has a white family. You'll get it because you went to college. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so like, dumb. Like, it's just so. It's it, like it's so fucking crazy. I, and it comes from like corny comics when they say that they're like, "Oh, you like Dave? You like these white shit and shit?" I'm like, "Yeah, bro, bro. I did some real nigga shit for a long time <laughs> that I don't let you see. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I I get it. It's not my fault. My parents wanted to put me in private school and do stuff for me and my twin brother. Like, that's not. I, I didn't ask for that. You yeah. know what I mean? If it was up to me, I would have just stayed in the trailer park I lived in in fucking Georgia. Like, I wouldn't have given a fuck living in the hood. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know anything different. Yeah. But when you know stuff and you know better, it's like white people now. They're no. Sure. They're noticing that they they've said stuff and done stuff that's not okay, or they're appropriating certain shit. And I try to tell people. That well, they time. also think they also. Here's the thing: it's like it's so clear that they put getting an opportunity with whiteness. That's crazy. So it's like you went to college as white. You, you know, had some, any sort of opportunity, it's white. You did this, it's white. It's like, it was very clear to me, like, my entire life, like, like, oh, that's what you mean by whiteness. Like, education is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you, like, you start, like, solving the Rubik's Cube. Like, oh, this is what they mean by white. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I, I, I talk about having white privilege. Like, there there are benefits, you know, like, of what happened. Like, you know, I, yeah. I can't control that. But also, like, like you say this all, I can't control what the cops look at me like, <laughs> you know. Because the cops really don't know that that's I like for, Dave Matthews. And that's they, they the real great equalizer. They yeah, don't. they know. They give, they give a fuck. You know, like, my, my mom... Uh, always said that she was white and I was brown and I was special. The cops, <laughs> the cops don't know that shit. Like, no, well, they, they just don't. see a nigga. They do. I'm special. My mom it's told so me. Funny. She never said I was black. They, they see that and it's just like, 
Comments tell me that all the time, and I used to be shitty or struggle with when I sold drugs and shit, and be like, uh, black people be like, oh, you're not black enough, white, you're you're not black enough, and all this other shit, and I just realized like, it doesn't really matter to me because I, I, I liking both and knowing both sides of shit is made me a better comic, it's made me more adaptable to shit. I've been able to do different shit, right? And right. it's 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 a it's a weird thing because like how powerful Malcolm X is in his autobiography and shit. Like he's very about black people and all that. Then he got to see that certain black people in his life were not for people. They were wronging people. And he was like, see, it doesn't matter what race they are. Cause Malcolm X is very educated, right? He was very smart. Like that wasn't white. No one said that he was white for reading the dictionary in prison. Yeah. No one said he was a white. You know what I mean, no one said he was white when he was trying to do shit. Like, I get it. Some white dudes or some black dudes fuck up and forget they're black, like fucking OJ. Yeah. They do some shit where they're like, <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. you're still a nigga in Beverly Hills, bro. Right. Yeah. But like, it's not like someone white can tell OJ he's not black. Like, it's like, dog, what are you talking about? One of the craziest things to me, I mean, it's fucking mind blowing to me, is that, uh, you know, like Chappelle has said some stuff that. Didn't didn't Josh well with everybody, yep. especially you know some white people, and I've heard this from like multiple white women say like, well, Chappelle, you know, he's just an old he's just an old white man now. He's just a boomer white man, and I'm like, do you realize you you as a white person you cannot take away a black man's blackness because you didn't like what they said. You can say I don't like what he said, right? But yeah. you cannot say this guy is no longer black. Because he doesn't think like I do, or he didn't say the thing that I and I and exactly. I've, I've heard it from so and they will say it freely, and I'm like, do you realize how this is racist? This what is you're racist, saying, this is racist. You can't say this person didn't say what I like, so he's no longer a black guy. Straight up, and I, I'm not saying that Jamie Ellie's racist. That I, I just <laughs> I do want to take that. I mean, you did. He just so got me a great show. On the record. I do love the dude. That's what you said. You pretty much said. Um, that, Josh yeah. Springer liked the comment, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> but it's corny and white and white people have to stop saying that to black people like it, it's is black women go through it too you know what i mean i'm sure asian people go through it hispanic yeah. people it, it's a weird dynamic and it's a corny thing where you're basically what i hear from it is like you're upset that you're vanilla and you don't have enough style and you don't have enough flavor <laughs> that, that's what i hear because none of the white women i've been with or none of the different races of korean women anybody doing they've never cared that I was black liking these certain things. Yeah. Right outside of the conversation we're about Def Cat for cute. Like that's like, it's cool if you don't like that band. That doesn't make me white for liking the band. I just like the music. Well, like, it, it, I don't it, really give a fuck that they're it's white. It's changed within my life. Like, and one of the, like, one of the touchstones I realized has changed was like Donald Glover, you know, like did his first like two or three albums about like not feeling appreciated, yeah. kind of feeling like racially in a limbo. And then drops This Is America and is like the blackest shit ever. You now, know? Niggas, now, niggas, <laughs> now niggas like him. And I'm just like, that's so weird, bro. I used to, I grew up liking Donald Glover in like sixth, fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade, watching his sketches and being like, oh yeah, I want to do something like that or do something like Will Smith or Jamie Foxx. Or like, there's a part of you black that wants to be prideful of your people. And my dad made sure I've always known about that. Mm -hmm. I get that. And you should always be proud of your culture. Because I'll tell you who is proud of their culture. White people, they're like very, very <laughs> proud of their culture. Like a lot of this American. When I see these motherfuckers out with American flags, yeah. I'm like, oh, you, you don't get that. It's okay that it's wrong if I like my culture and like all this hip hop shit or all this whatever. Yeah. But it, it, it it's, it, it's, it's wrong for me. It's okay that you're literally 
you want to celebrate the 4th of July that you think that you should make America great again. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. You can't get in that dynamic. Because I always tell white people, if you want to know what it's like to be black, you want to know what it's like, let me shoot your daughter. Let me shoot your son unarmed in a car. Let's see how you take that, right? Let me yeah. do something to you that is totally unjust, unfair, all this. And, like, you see the other side. And I think yeah. that more the younger generation that are younger, like, hanging out in Fountain Square, Irvington, and there. Those people, they, they they get it. They they don't look at me or care that You're I right. will go to a hip hop show or then the Modest Mouse show. They don't really care because they're like, oh, we all like the same shit. Right. It's kind of older people that are like, well, we have to have this. You're always gonna have a divide in certain shit. There's some sh sh certain shit you're gonna relate to as a white person growing up and doing stuff in certain shit with black people. I'm very well aware of that. I just don't get this dynamic where we're like checking each other's race card or assuming that everyone's racist or assuming they're appropriate. There's just certain things you shouldn't shouldn't say that don't play. But like you asking or you telling telling me that I'm not black enough, like that is like the weirdest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And when it comes from a white dude, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you don't know half the nigga shit I know <laughs> at all, bro. Like literally not even a, like a cent. Like I told a guy one time, I was like, you don't know what it's like to walk into a white girl's family's house. Their white mother, their white father won't shake your hand. They mm -hmm. won't talk to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They ask you about sports. Like they pretend as if you're not like why your daughter your daughter is fucking me for a reason, right? And it's not because I have a nice jumper, right? We probably connected on some artistic weirdo shit that we like, right? But you can't accept me here Man. because of because all you see in your yeah. mind is easy E or something. I don't, I don't, I just, yeah. I just don't know yeah. what you see or what militant side you yeah. see. There's a pride, but a white people have a pride about them too. Every white person I know, they yeah. have a lot of pride in their family, where their families come from. That's why there's this whole 23 and me shit. Like white people want to get to know their shit. I get where mine comes from. I trust me. I get it. Your people took my people. We'll, we'll keep it as that. But it's like a weird thing that people do now where they're like trying to check your race card or see what you like. Or it is, and it happens in comedy more. And it's just like so weird. Well, it's it's crazy to like like for me, I'm like get out, I'm like oh, I'm mixed, you know. This is like part of it. Like, you're black as hell. This motherfucker's from Haiti. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it do say. doesn't get much blacker than that. And then people will still say that, and it's like, well, it's wild. It's also a very weird uh, note to end on. Maybe we should <laughs> we should get a couple more jokes in. <laughs> nope, sorry. Oh, what was that? That's the wrap it up music. No. That's appropriate button. That's an appropriate button right there. That's a, that exactly what that is. That's why people chin Black Lives Matter. That's what that button is. What did they say that the, uh, the, the white silence is violence? I love that. I fucking I love the chance that white people came up. I loved them. I was at home on house arrest like that. Yeah. Good. Oh, I didn't go down to like other I couldn't. I was on house arrest. The, well, I'll I could have and I didn't. Uh, the very first, very first night, uh, someone someone from the club asked me if I want to go downtown, and I was like, ah, maybe tomorrow. And then I was the very first night I saw they shot a white lady named Katie while she was doing a news report with the nah. rubber bullet, and I was like, if Katie's getting shot, there ain't no way <laughs> fucking hell I'm going down there. <laughs> he got me all kinds of oh, fucked so up. Funny. They pepper sprayed Lucas Waterfield. Yeah, man. bro, they I, was no, wilding. No. They was super like they were. Then people were like doing Instagram posts and fucking Instagram posts, not even Instagram posts. Like they were, I saw young white kids doing like photo shoots and fucking like they're trying to like they're trying to make memories for their time hop. I'm like, yeah, bro, yeah, what yeah. are y'all doing? Out Did you here? see like the girl that went and looked like she was like 
Like they like just did a photo shoot where it looked like she was like spray painting something or whatever. Yeah, hey, give me, like, give me doing this. I was like, yeah. bro, are y'all for real? I don't want them. I typically when I go to these white towns, these racist towns, I go. Let me be honest with you. We don't want you a part of the cause. I I, I, like, I I liked it better when it was just black people out there. Now my white friends that care, they do. But I have white friends who's like, why did just didn't go because it just felt uncomfortable. I go, oh, uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for a thousand niggas to march so they can not get shot. Man, I was, I was low on gas. <laughs> Patty Mahomes about to fall short a couple hundred. Sign sealed delivered. I f the notary public. She witnessed me All sign right. off. You can't, yeah, I was like, you can't do two two different outro musics. Uh, David Brooks, where can people find you and follow you? Keep keep up with you on social media. Uh, at really David B. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. David Brooks on Facebook. Uh, Snapchat is Governor Brooks. I have a Snapchat. Oh, Governor, okay. Governor Brooks. Yeah. You got, any, you got any big shows coming up? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm in, I'm doing hideout comedy in Boston pretty soon. Nice. I'll be in New York. I'm trying to do some shows out there. Um, White Rabbit, October 8th. October 8th, White Rabbit. So, yeah, I mean, catch me on the city. Oh, yeah. Thaddeus J. Man, um, I just want to say uh, Black Lives Do Matter, um, as we were talking about. Allegedly. Um, I dug Allegedly, in some spots. <laughs> um Haiti, Haiti's going to give good vibes to Haiti. We need it. I feel right like now. we made poor white Jessica so uncomfortable the last half hour. No, she's she's with it. Yeah, she's she, with it. She'd probably be the first one to throw a Molotov cocktail. That's right. <laughs> she asked me if like should we make Molotov? <laughs> should we make some? <laughs> should we make some? <laughs> Is that part of brunch? Just in case something goes down. <laughs> uh, I don't have any plugs. I mean, oh, September twenty third, uh, Sirius XM. Um, this yeah, Thursday. that's a big plug. That's a big thing. This Thursday, uh, we got we got that going on. Uh, we'll be on the radio. Um, come out. I know that we'll uh, some of us will be having a party afterwards and hang you, out. All right. I feel like that was a terrible plug. I feel like we should Wait, redo that uh, whole thing. Well, well, what, what would I? What should I do? So this Thursday at Crackers Comedy Club, yeah, you're going to be recording for you to be on Sirius XM. Yeah, in perpetuity. That's just going to be. You making jokes on Sirius XM forever. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So come on out and witness history in the making. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, fun it's a huge fun deal. Stuff. Look, it's all right. You're not, you're not allowed to pat yourself on the back, but I'll, I'll pat your back for you. Oh, thank you. I have nothing cool. I'm not going to be in New York. I will not be on Sirius XM. I will be... Actually, I got two shows. I'll be at a Wooden Bear. Yeah. Uh, this Wednesday. And then I'll be at Hotel Tango Thursday for a show called Protocol. And uh, thank you guys so much. David Brooks, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, and we'll see you next time. You see you guys.